0: We encourage you out there in Streamland, just, just don't listen. If you can, get your, get your Bible out. It's, it's real important for us to see the Word of God because we, have, we think we know what it says. And even when we hear what it says, we, we keep holding to what we think it says. But when you start reading it from his book, you go, Oh, now wait a second. No, it doesn't say what I was thinking. It says this. That's when the light comes on that's when faith comes amen, amen. and and there comes the where all to receive that which you're reading amen. glory to God so father we thank you and we give you praise that you've given us your book the Bible the Bible is your blueprint for us to walk out a blessed life a life filled with all that you have for us through Jesus Christ So we choose right now not to be distracted. We choose now to be attentive. We choose now to tune our ear to your voice speaking to us through the word of God. And we will hear what you're saying to us. It'll be a word of encouragement. It'll be a word of instruction. It will be a word of correction or adjustment to get us fully aligned with the path that you have for us. Thank you, Holy One, for speaking to our hearts, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We say that the eyes of my spirit, the eyes of our spirit, are open and enlightened. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been in this uh, here for a while. And we've been talking about what revelation the Lord wants us to receive when we read the Ephesians prayer in chapter 1, beginning in verse 17, all the way down to the end of the chapter. And we've gotten to the third part of what he's given us. He's given us his calling. He's given us his inheritance. And now we've been talking about his authority, his power. And so in Ephesians 1.19, we're asking the Lord, in verse 19, we're asking the Lord to give us the revelation knowledge. Now remember, revelation knowledge is higher than intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge is limited to our physical senses. It's limited to what we can grasp with our mind. But revelation knowledge is wisdom that proceeds from heaven. And it far supersedes the intellect of our mind. And it allows us to see things that are unseen in this kingdom, this spiritual kingdom of God in which we now live. And so we're believing for the revelation knowledge of, here we go, the exceeding greatness of his power that he's given to me because I'm a believer. Hallelujah. you. You and I have been given heavenly authority. It's part of our redemption. Jesus purchased it. Go quick to Mark 16, 17. Jesus told us that signs would accompany us, equipment would be given unto us because we're believers and he says here in that 17th verse that in his name everybody say in his name that we will cast out devils now understand this casting out devils just simply means having authority over him it doesn't mean I'm walking down the street casting out devils out of people that's That's not what he's talking about in fact our authority is limited to our personal life and those things that we have the control or the authority over does that make sense I can't use my authority without your agreement in your life the authority that God gives us so understand that the authority that we have is above every spirit being It's above every name that can be named. And it's above uh, and has this authority both now and forever. Hallelujah. Now, this authority has been delegated to us. Understand it's authority that you and I now possess and, and have been given. And we have it whether we're using it or not. Just like you and I have been made... Have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's part of our redemption. It's now yours. And whether you keep walking thinking that you're unworthy, uh, you're just not taking advantage of your righteousness, because our righteousness in in Christ towards God gives us access to Him. Prayers are answered because of our righteousness in God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So you're righteous whether you accept it or not. And guess what? You have authority. I have authority whether I accept it or not. Amen, right. So the most important thing about God's authority is that we believe we have it. Yes. Yes. Come on now. Hook up with me tonight. I need some help. You got to pull. So this authority has been delegated to us. Understand that I'm not possessing this authority. He's given me his authority And we use the example of the traffic cop because that's a perfect example The the traffic cop who's who's regulating traffic on the streets with the automobiles and other vehicles on the the highways They don't have the power to control a vehicle (coughs) But they have the authority to and when the driver recognizes that authority, they will obey that authority. Amen. Hallelujah. So understand that you're, you and I are no match in, in terms of power in, uh, in working and, you know, in our interaction with the devil when he comes. But we don't have to have the power over him. We just have to have the authority over him. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to Understand that our level of authority that we walk in in a day-to-day basis is based on two key factors number one a believer has as much authority as The believer is submitted to God and submitted to his word Being submitted to God gives us access to the authority he's given us hallelujah And so as we're submitted to him, we can walk in that much authority against the enemy. And number two, our authority is released through a voice of command, a word of command. And you've got to speak it by faith. Now get this truth, the word of command is a word that we speak to the problem. It's not asking God to do something about the problem. That's not how authority is released. The traffic cop doesn't say, you know, he sees a speeding car coming to him. He wants the car to stop. So he calls the, you know, his police chief and says, I want you to stop this car that's coming at me. Come on. No, he's going to say, use your authority. I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Use Woo! the badge that's on your chest. Come on. Put your hand up. That's good. Yeah. You stop it. So understand that we speak to the problem. We speak to the sickness. We speak to the lack. We speak to the fear in Jesus' name. And number two, you've got to believe that what you're saying is coming to pass. When the police officer says, stop, he doesn't go like this. I hope it works. Oh, I hope it works. I know the training video says it works, but I don't know if it works or not. Well, he's going to be a smash hit on Broadway. I mean, you've got to use your authority and mean it, meaning that you believe what you're saying is coming to pass. What you're saying is being yielded to, is bowing its knee. Amen? All right. Now, Jesus explained this to us. Go on over to Mark 11. 22 and 23. And actually this verse 23 in Mark is you and I using the heavenly authority that Jesus gave us through redemption. Now notice in verse 22 it says that Jesus answered to them and ha- have faith in God. Remember this is a question that they asked them, you know, what happened to the fig tree? You see the day before he spoke to it. He didn't pray to God about it. No, he spoke to the fig tree. In yes. right. in essence, he denied it the right to live. Yeah. And so the next day they came back and they go, wow, that tree that Jesus spoke to is withering up from the roots.
1: What? <laughs>
0: and so here in verse 22, he says, he begins to explain to them. That's the faith in God. That's the faith of God. You see, you don't have your faith, you have God's faith. Amen. Yeah. And here's how you release your authority, by faith. Verse 23, he says, Whosoever, so this works for whosoever, both positively or in a negative way, it'll work for us, it can work against us. Whoever will say to this mountain, again, notice that you're talking to the problem. What are you telling it to do? I want you out of here. Amen. Loose your hold. Yes. Leave. Be removed. And be cast into the sea. And he says, if you'll not doubt in your heart, remember, you've got to believe that what you're saying is coming to pass. Now, your mind is going to be going, bleh, but you and I have to learn how to ignore our mind. Your mind is not you you. it's just an interface between your spirit to the world that's all it is so I don't doubt my heart but I believe that those things which I'm saying is coming to pass do you see that in Scripture believe that those things which you are saying or that you're speaking over or what you're telling it to do is coming to pass when you say sickness leave when you say symptoms go amen. you're believing right there that is going amen yes see there is no authority without faith so it functions on believing and if you will speak to the problem, what needs to be removed or what needs to be made manifest, if you believe it's coming to pass, then and only then did Jesus say that you shall have what you say. See, people read this verse and they say, well, I can have what I say. And so they go out, you know, saying I'm a multimillionaire. I own 10,000 oil, uh, 10, oil wells. Uh, I, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Well, <laughs> you, you can't believe that in your heart. You can't believe that you got 10,000 oil wells in your heart. you got no scripture. you got no scripture for that. See, what you believe has to be connected to the word of God. Not just these random Amen. desires that you have. Don't get quiet on me tonight. (laughs) Come on. Stay excited. Now, I can have what I say when I believe according to the word, what I'm saying is coming to pass when I speak it. Amen. Amen. So when you're speaking to to something, you better have a foundational place that you're standing. a, a, A scriptural position. Hallelujah. Just don't go out. You know, that's why people say, well, you, you guys are just blab it and grab it. No, we're not. <laughs> blab it and grab it doesn't work. Because right. blab it and grab it isn't based in the Word of God. You're Come just blabbing. On. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We're saying what we believe. And that's why it's coming to pass. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to write this down. I want you to make a sticky note and put it on your... Refrigerator, consider going to some sign place and get a bumper sticker and put it on your car. Send it as a part of your Christmas cards this winter when the season comes in. You ready? Nowhere, nowhere in the New Testament are we instructed to ask or to pray to God to do something about. The devil in our behalf. It's going to be a pretty long bumper sticker. (laughs) You might have to get multiple ones, you know, and just plaster it all the way across the back of your car. And I I notice one of those generations that's out there driving around. I don't see how they can see out their back window. There's so many (laughs) stickers on it. One sticker I saw just the other day said this Say hi to your dog for me. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) A bumper sticker that says, say hi to your dog for me. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I guess apparently that fell on deaf ears. I thought that was pretty funny. Let me say this again. Nowhere. Everybody say nowhere. Nowhere in the New Testament are we instructed to ask or pray to God to do something about the devil in our behalf. Nowhere 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 Amen. So as you know, uh, I was trained under Kenneth E. Hagen. He's the one that had a direct uh, influence on mentoring me and my wife for ministry and Along in being a teacher. He was also a prophet. He had Eight times the Lord appeared to him, and three of those eight times he sat down with the Lord and talked with him for an hour and a half. And in one of the visions he had with Jesus, he was face-to-face to to Jesus, and and they were talking. They were probably about four to six feet apart, and Jesus is talking to him about the authority of the believer and talking about demons and demonology and just kind of giving him an insight in the, the, the fallen realm of darkness that's all around us, the kingdom of darkness. And during this time, Jesus was telling him some real important things. And then all of a sudden, this imp-like monkey creature, he said it had like a face, it had, it had a body like a monkey, but it had a different face. And it was suspended in the air and got right between him and Jesus. And then it it exuded this smoke or this black, inky substance that that filled the air between him and Jesus, and it was so dense and so dark that Brother Hagen couldn't see Jesus anymore. And then the demons started going, yakety-yak, yakety-yak, yakety-yak. And then he, he heard that Jesus was still speaking, but he couldn't understand what he was saying. And so this went on for like, you know 30 60 seconds maybe a couple of minutes and and Brother Hagin is struggling to see Jesus he can't hear him this this creature this demon was just making all this noise and he couldn't hear what he was saying and so Brother Hagin's say thinking to himself he's going doesn't doesn't Jesus know I can't hear him Do, doesn't Jesus know that I'm not getting what he's saying Doesn't he know I'm missing these important truths that he's telling me why, why doesn't jesus do something about this jesus can see him there why didn't he do something and after several minutes brother Hagan got frustrated and he just blurted out he says devil in the name of jesus get out of here and this imp just fell to the floor and started whimpering like you would kick a puppy just squealing, and, and, and then that 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 smoke dissipated. And he says, not only that, get out of here. And that demon just scampered off. Well, by then, Jesus stopped talking. He's just looking at Brother Hagin. <laughs> and so he looked at Jesus. He says, why didn't you do something about that devil? And Jesus said, I couldn't. And Brother Hagin says, I know you didn't say couldn't. You said wouldn't. He says, no, I said I couldn't. Come on. Brother Hagen asked him three times. And then Jesus made this statement. He says, nowhere in the New Testament is, is the believer instructed to pray to God or to ask the Lord to do anything about the devil. Come
1: on.
0: And Brother Hagin says, I, I can't accept that. That's not what I've been taught. I can't, I, I can't accept that. And he says, in fact, if you can't show me at least three references in the New Testament, I'm not going to believe what you're telling me. This is one reason I trust Brother Hagen. He's talking to Jesus, and he's telling Jesus, I'm not going to believe whatever you say unless I see it in your book. And you know, that's the way we need to be. This is the final authority right here. Not someone speaking to us in the spirit. Not some kind of dream we have. Not what some other person who says they're spiritual is saying. I want to see it in here. And if I don't see it in here, I'm not going to give it any place in my believing. And he said after he said that, Jesus got this smile on his face. And he says, I'll tell you what. I'm not only going to give you three references, I'm going to give you four. Ready for them? let's turn over to James chapter 4 James chapter 4 and go on over to verse 7 we already made this notation early in the service about how much authority that we can operate in under him depends on how submitted we are to God James 4 7 says this submit Yourself. Now, we don't really have time to talk about this, but just let me throw this out here. The only person that can submit is the individual. You can't make someone submit to you. Come on. Amen. The husband can't make his wife submit to him. <laughs> Amen. Jesus can't get the believer to submit to him. Come on now. The employer can't get the, the employee to submit to them. That's right. Come on. Only you and I can submit ourselves to another authority.
1: That's right. Amen. Yes.
0: That'll clear a lot of things up in a lot of households if we knew yes. that. Amen. That's right. Mm-mm. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. So this is talking about you. You submit, and so as the verse goes on, you are still the understood subject of this verse. So you submit to your, yourself to God. You resist the devil. Amen. Well, how do you know that's not Jesus resi- resisting the devil? Because he says that he will flee from you. It doesn't say he'll flee from Jesus. Come on. Amen. Amen. You see that? Yes, sir. I said, did you see that? Yeah. So the believer is to do what? Resist the devil. Take authority over the devil. Tell the devil what he needs to do right now in Jesus' name. Just like the traffic cop. Going over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Ephesians 4, 27. Neither give place... To the devil again the believer is the understood person that this verse is about the believer is not to give place to the devil Amen. when you don't give him place what are you doing you're taking authority over him Amen. now I want you to get this there's kind of a dual connotation about this verse I'm not going to go too deep in it first of all is telling us that when the devil has place, we can resist him, we can take authority over him, and he will leave. Just like Brother Hagin resisted that demon, told him what to do, he had to obey. Amen. He's not obeying you, he's obeying the delegated authority that you have through the word of God in the name of Jesus. Right? But notice that if you and I are having trouble with the devil, it could be that we're giving him place. A lot of people say, well, you, you need to help me in my life. This is going on. And, and you can see right away that because of their behavior, because of their lifestyle, because of their priorities, because of what place God has in their life, they got the door wide open.
1: Come on, yeah. amen.
0: And they're blaming it on the devil, and they don't realize that they opened the door to him and said, come on, let's have a party. You see that? Neither give place to the devil. Hallelujah. Let's go on over to 1 Peter. You guys having fun yet tonight? 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at verse 8. This is from the English Standard. I, I think I like the King James better. Uh, It says to be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around, everybody say, like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He just pretends to be one. So when those lies come to your head about, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, those are all lies. That's what a temptation is. So he's coming around like a roaring lion, and he's seeking someone to devour. That means that he can't automatically devour any person unless we're giving place to him, as per the last verse we read. He's seeking to find someone that has an open door. Yes. Amen. And again... You, you know that my greatest enemy is myself. My greatest enemy is myself and the choices I make and what I'm feeding on because garbage in, garbage out. Truth in, truth out. It's just the laws of sea time and harvest. So he has to find someone. He's looking. He always goes against the the weak. Look at verse 9. Do what? Resist him. Well, who's doing that? You and I. You tell him. You resist him. You use the authority you have from heaven to deal with him. Resist him firm in your faith. Remember, authority is released through faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Number four, go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, go down to verse 17. These signs shall accompany those that believe. So this is talking about the believers. Now look at the very first thing that the believer is able to do through the name of Jesus. In? My name shall they, whose they, believers. Because these signs will follow them that believe. So he's talking to believers. It's the believer that will speak the name of Jesus and cast out or take authority over the devil. So, no place in the New Testament are we instructed to pray to God to do something about the devil concerning our case our need and what's going on in our life now this is something i found fascinating this was the comment brother hagan made about what jesus did now jesus gave him what four examples from the new testament to establish a spiritual truth or a spiritual doctrine for the new testament believer now this is what brother hagan Said, He used, instead of, the Bible says, two or three witnesses, he used four. And each one was from a different writer. It's from, the first one was from James, then from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians, then from Peter, and then from Mark. four different references by four different authors so that began to get me to think this is just a side thought that you can chew on that when we go to establish doctrine and we need two or three witnesses we've got to be careful that we're not looking at the same account in another book we get a different writer does that make sense if you if you get one reference from the same book like you get one reference from Matthew and then you get another reference in Matthew No, you got the same author there mm-hmm. if you're gonna have two or three witnesses you got to have different witnesses Amen. those that wrote it and I thought I, I thought uh, you'd find that interesting yeah. all right now Notice in verse 16, 17, it says, In my name you'll take authority over the devil. Do you see that? Understand that you're a, when, you, when we use our faith in using that name against the works and the manifestation of the enemy and against problems and trials and circumstances in our life, understand that we have to believe that what we're saying is coming to pass, but we also have to have faith in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Right? Because the name of Jesus is accessing the victory that Jesus had over the devil when he was resurrected from the dead. Now, going over to Matthew 16, I think this is where we're going to stop tonight. Now we're going to read some familiar scripture, so be careful. It's a little dicey when you hear something you've heard before. It's hard to extract new revelation from something we've already heard before because we've already made a determination of what it says and what it means. So let's open our heart now as we look at this. It says in Matthew 16, 13, it says that when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked him a question. And it's not that he didn't know the answer. He wants to know what they know or what they believe. And that's a very important thing for you and I to understand when we're trying to help somebody. Too many times we're so busy preaching to them, and they're just going, yeah, 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 yeah. You have no clue what they believe. And so sometimes we need to ask questions to locate where someone is, so then we know what they need to hear to get them in that position to believe. He says, who do they say the Son of Man is? Verse 14. And they said, well, some are calling you John the Baptist. Some think you're Elijah. Others think you're Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And then some of them are confused, and they say, oh, he's just one of the prophets. So they thought that he was the resurrected prophet that had come back. But you know, it really doesn't matter what anyone else believes, does it? So then Jesus had to ask them what they believed. Don't ever get moved by what someone else believes. Well, I believe this. Cool, (laughs) but what does the Bible say? Come on, Amen. Don't get influenced by that, especially with these TV ministers and these, you know, these books and those guys out there giving away this water that's going to change your whole life. I mean, come on. (laughs) And here comes Simon Peter in verse 16. What does he say? Thou art the Christ. That means he's saying he's the Messiah, the son of David. You are the son of the living God. Now, look what Jesus says. He says, Peter, you're blessed. Now, why is he blessed? Anytime you see somebody in Scripture that's, being described as being blessed instead of going oh that's nice i wish i could be blessed (laughs) you need to look at scripture and say okay how did they position themselves to be blessed he says you're blessed because man didn't tell you that jesus was the messiah god the father told you it was that Jesus was the Messiah so Peter got blessed because he sought God as to who Jesus was and God revealed it to him yes. Amen. he's not a man he's not a former uh, carpenter he's not the son of Joseph and Mary he's not this guy that's related to John the Baptist he's not this guy that just preaches real good God revealed to him you see he sought revelation knowledge and that's why he's blessed so if you and I will seek revelation knowledge how do you do that you start praying the Ephesians prayer every day yeah you're seeking and hunger for revelation and when you get it guess what you get blessed. Amen. Yes. It opens doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Verse 18, we're almost to where we're wanting to get. Jesus says, "I'm going to say this to you. You are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church." And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it now people have gone off the rails describing what they think that Peter is the rock some religions have made Peter a part of the foundation you know that's one of the keystones of the of the church no Jesus is the key to the church what did what did Peter say he says you're the Christ you're the son of the living God he confessed Jesus as Lord that's what Peter did and that's the rock he says upon this I'm gonna build my church confessing Jesus as Lord how do you get into the kingdom you got to confess Jesus. And that's what builds the church. But it's more than that as Jesus goes on. You ready? So it's the lordship of Jesus that builds the church. And he says that this name of Jesus, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So remember, the rock is the name of Jesus. That's what I'm going to build my church on. But not only that, but the name of Jesus is going to have authority over the gates of hell. And it will never prevail over that name. And you and I have been given that name. He commissioned us in Mark 16. In my name, cast out devils. In my name, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen hallelujah do you see the the keys to our authority number one we speak to the problem (laughs) the circumstance the sickness the lack the the fear whatever your body wants to do that you know is wrong you can speak to your you and I have got to speak to our bodies. Amen. Come on. Deni- you, I, I deny you, body, the right to cause pain. Amen. I deny you the right. Well, you can't help that, then you, it won't work for you. Because Come on. Come on. it works by faith. Amen. It works by believing. Just two weeks ago, my neck was so sore. I couldn't figure out what it was it was intermittent like one part of the day it was another I couldn't even turn my head it was so painful and I started talking to him and the pain subsided measurably where I could tolerate it and then the Lord said to me change your pillow Now, the pain was leaving, but then the Lord told me the physical thing that was causing the pain. Because I was speaking to the pain and the root cause. And I thought, maybe, well, maybe it's arthritis. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I'm saying, I deny you the right arthritis to come on my body. Amen. Amen. But then the Lord showed me, no, you're just using the wrong pillow. I had switched pillows like three months ago, I started using it just about all the pain's gone. Mm-hmm. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Pain is an enemy. Amen. That's a signal that something's Come on. not right. Come on. Yeah. Amen. And so accepting Woo! it and just saying, well, I'll just take 12 ibuprofen. <laughs> I got to tell you one more thing. Yeah. Or should I? <laughs> Let's, let's, let's read this 19th verse. Now, he just told us that the name of Jesus is the key to having authority over the devil. And then right from verse 18, he goes to verse 19. That's the same subject that Jesus is talking about to Peter. And look at verse 19. He says, I, it says here, will give. And that That doesn't mean that he's waiting to give it to you. Just at this time, he couldn't give it to them until he ascended on high and sat down at the right hand of the the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to us. So now we can say, I have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I have the authority of God's kingdom here on the earth. And notice it says, whatever I bind. That which I disallow shall be disallowed. Amen. Amen, yes. See, there's too many things that by default we just allow things. We just oh oh, so what, My, my neck's sore. I just won't move my neck around very much today. Come on. No, that's allowing it. Yes. So what you allow is going to continue to be allowed. But that which you bind or disallow will be disallowed. You've got the authority. You've got to use it. You've got to speak to the mountain. Yes. The authority has been given to you for us to use as a representative of Jesus Christ on the earth. And so we take that authority and we bind and loose in that which we have the sphere of influence of. That includes children or grandchildren living in our house. They're under your scope of authority, and you can tell that rascal is influencing your grandkids to pick up his bags and leave.
1: Amen.
0: Yes, glory. It might get to the place they don't like being around you because they, they don't have that liberty to do some things that they were doing before. Come on. Come on. Well, then they got a choice, don't they? They got a choice. Uh, I don't have time to tell you. So maybe, remind me, remember where we parked, right? Remember where we parked. And if you remember next week, if we're talking about the same subject, say, Pastor, tell us the story you didn't tell us last Wednesday. And I'll try to remember what it is. No, he brings all things to my remembrance, I'll remember. Amen? All right, you guys get something tonight. The Lord told me about my words and how they're related to authority. And it was, it was. I just got to tell you the story. Amen? All right. Do you guys get something? You got, you got something that you need to adjust. You got some, needs, some things that you need to pick up, you need to do, that I need to do. I'm on this authority thing big time right now in my personal life. And the Lord gave me authority over this body. So I, my authority will work here in this church. And my authority will work over you when you're under the sound of my voice. Amen? Amen? And there's times that I can get this authority to work for you when you're at your house. Because if you're submitted to me, my authority will work Amen. for you. Amen. 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 I, had a, I had a lady in our church years ago we're already off into another story and this lady's lifestyle was out of control out of control but she always submitted to me as her pastor and she'd call me and say pray about this pastor pray about that and every time I did she got her answer because the the, the anointing on me as the shepherd would extend to those who were submitted to me as their pastor But then I had people working in the church were just awesome, working and blowing and going and just undergirding the the work of the church, and they were a real asset. But then when they asked me to pray for them, my prayers didn't work. I kind of wondered if uh, they weren't submitted to me. They were just in, in agreement with me, not submitted. Now, when I say me, I'm talking about my office. Okay? I'm not talking about me as a person. I don't want to have authority over anybody as a person. But I've got I to walk in the office of the shepherd, and I've got to extend a blanket of protection around the sheep the Lord has given us. Amen? And I'm willing to do that, and we do that. Well, <coughs> I could sure use her. You guys ready to pray? Amen. <clears throat> Father, I want to thank you for the authority that you've given us. It's not a fairy tale. Thank you. It's truth. Yeah. We live in a spiritual kingdom. Yeah. And our authority is spiritual. And devil, I'm telling you that you are under our feet. You are a defeated foe. Anything that you bring at us as we resist, it has to go in Jesus' name. We know now that we have been authorized we know now that we have heavenly authority to use here on the earth as we represent you and we know now how to release it we release it through the name of Jesus we release authority with faith believing that what we're saying and what we're speaking to is now changing and it's coming to pass pain goes fear goes despondency goes strength comes Faith is encouraged. Light and truth and revelation break upon our spirit like the sun arising in the east. And it just breaks out and dissipates all darkness. For we walk in the light as he is in the light. Hallelujah. And in that light, no darkness can impede or weaken or cause to erode away that which God has given us. We walk above the circumstances in Christ because we are seated in heavenly places in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay.